0: This is The Witcher Podcast on TV Podcast Industries. We're back in part three of our coverage of The Witcher Season 3. This time we're talking about Episode 5, The Art of the Illusion, and Episode 6, Everyone Has a Plan Till They're Punched in the Face. Butcher, I wondered whether I'd see you again. I wondered if I'd see you ahead on a pike. I'm hurt, After all, it wasn't me who plunged my dagger into poor Redfrey. I'll make you pay for everything you've done. I'm saving the continent. Rooting out the deadly creatures that threaten us all, not unlike you. I am nothing
1: like you. Then show me, Witcher. I
0: want to see just how different we are. Hmm. Welcome back, fellow witchers. We're back with our third part of our witcher coverage for season three of The Witcher. I've said The Witcher a lot there, Uh, but this is our third part where we're going to be covering episode five, The Art of the Illusion, and episode six, Everyone Has a Plan Till They're Punched in the Face. If you haven't joined us before, we cover each episode separately, so we're just going to talk about episode five in the first half of this, and then episode six afterwards. But I am one of your hosts, Derek.
1: Hello there, fellow witchers. It's Cirilla here! <laughs> um, I am one of your other hosts, John. Not Cirilla. Not not or like, Silla, in no, fact.
0: No, not at all. Um, yeah, we're, we decided to bridge the gap between uh, Volume 1 and Volume 2 as they were released in weird parts. They were released in uh, five episodes in Part 1 and Volume 2 released last week on July 27th. So we decided to hold off on our coverage of Part 5 so we could cover two episodes. <sighs>
1: Yes, yeah. absolutely.
0: That's part of the reason. The other reason was because was away so uh, we couldn't uh, we couldn't uh, get an extra episode. Yeah, <laughs> and we had Secret
1: Invasion and yeah. we've just started up on Good Omens Season 2 as well exactly. on Prime. So, mm-hmm. yes, fellow witches, if you are also a fellow acolyte or a fellow defender, mm-hmm. uh, please head on over to tvpodcastindustries.com where you can join any good or evil podcast catcher of your choice uh, to listen to our coverage of those shows
0: absolutely absolutely and we still have our um pub quiz going on for secret invasion still time to enter that if you've watched the episodes of secret invasion over on the website you'll see uh, six questions one for each episode and you can enter It's a pub quiz over there just email us with two feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com with all six answers and you could be in with a chance of getting your hands on some secret invasion goodies Uh, that's the same address that email us if you want to send in your thoughts on anything that's happened in season three of the witcher as well we'll be covering the final two episodes in our next podcast on the witcher as well
1: yes and of course we are over on facebook at facebook com forward slash groups forward slash TV podcast industries. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep, spoiler posts up there for all of the Witcher shows as yes. well, Witcher episodes. Good stuff. Let's get into our discussion of episode five, The Art of the Illusion. Indeed. Derek, what are some of the episode details? Well, once again, the show is based on the book series by Andrzej Subkowski and the game series from CD Projekt Red. The showrunner for the show, for the entire series and creator of this version on Netflix is Lauren Smith Hisrich. This episode was directed by Lonnie Perister. Uh, he's directed episodes of Scream Queens, <laughs> nine episodes of American Horror Story, and interestingly, got his start as a visual effects supervisor on Buffy, Angel, Firefly. And coming up, he's directing episodes of House of the Dragon season two as well.
1: Oh, very, very interesting, yeah. both in terms of Scream Queens, American Horror Story, uh-huh. and Buffy, Angel, and Firefly. Yeah. Wow, yes. Uh, some fab shows there that i've loved watching uh, throughout the ages dare i say it just yes to, to keep with the epicness that is the witcher yeah and i'd certainly be interested to see uh, what he comes up with house of the dragon season two yeah the episodes that he looks after there
0: absolutely it'd be very interesting to see that's a great first season looking forward to the second season of that whenever the uh, the strike finishes and they can close off and finish off that show that'd be it'll be great to see them all back yeah, absolutely. I will admit, of course, that as you can see, uh, Lonnie's been in the industry a very long time. and I may have chosen uh, all the things that we might like uh, out, of his, <laughs> out of his filmography. So um, yeah, so he, he may have done some other stuff that we haven't seen as well, John. Absolutely.
1: But I mean, you know, what else are you going to choose?
0: Exactly. Exactly. I can't list off his whole IMDb, I suppose.
1: Exactly. So pick the ones that you know about
0: and love. Exactly. Uh, This episode was written by Claire Higgins. Um, She's been on the writing team since season two of the show and will, of course, be back for season four of the show as well. And interestingly, uh, Claire was also a writer on the Umbrella Academy, which we also cover here on TV Podcast Excellent
1: stuff. Yes. And of course, with Lauren Schmidt-Hisrich involved in Umbrella Academy as well. uh, No doubt there was a little sort of eyeing up of talent.
0: Absolutely. Good Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis of Season 3, Episode 5 of The Witcher, The Art of the Illusion? Sure. With the banquet over, Geralt
1: and Yennefer discuss the night's events from the bathtub, the bed, from beneath the sheets, and in the morning after. Despite his discomfort at the surroundings and the company, Yennefer and Geralt step out arm in arm and dress to kill at a lavish ball. But all is not as it appears during the evening of gossip, spike drinks, revelry and revelation. Geralt tries very hard to socialise and avoid the reveling sorcerers. His patience is pushed by Destra, Philippa and Stregobor during the evening, and Yennefer has to remind him they need to lie low in order to expose Stregobor as the Dark Mage during the Conclave the following day. However, their plans change when Yennefer is alerted by Istrid and Triss about Stregobor's possession of the Book of Monoliths. Geralt and Istrid pretend to fight to cover for Yennefer as she breaks into Stregobor's study, where they discover the book as well as apparent evidence of kidnapping half-elven students. Stregobor is arrested in his study by Tissaia, Vilgefortz and Ataurus, and the banquet is deemed a diplomatic success. Once Jennifer and Geralt put all the pieces of the night together, however, they realise the mastermind behind Rientz's actions and the kidnappings is Vilgefortz, who only framed Stregobor. Scouting the halls to find Vilgefortz, Geralt is distracted by sounds of a distant fight, and is ambushed at knife point by Dijkstra as he enacts
0: his plan to purge the brotherhood of sorcerers. Very good. Big episode. And uh, this was the cliffhanger that they left part one on uh, about a month ago. Yes. Mm.
1: I have to say, you know, straight off the bat here, absolutely loved episode five. Mm -hmm. And then when episode six came out, these two for me, I just thoroughly... Thoroughly enjoyed. Absolutely. Um, you know what? Really, really
0: thought they were some of the best Witcher episodes uh, yeah. we've
1: had, certainly
0: this season. Do you know what? This this might be one of my favorite shows, uh, favorite episodes of TV this year. I absolutely loved the structure of it, how it was put together and the story that was unfolding. I thought it was really, really interesting. Uh, I think you even have it in your, in your synopsis there. The, the night of revel, revelry and revelation, uh, just works so well for this type of story. You've seen it before in, in The Witcher. I think we, we saw that early on in season one. This idea of telling things out of order and out of time. Um, that was the whole of season one did it that way. This all in one episode in here in, in episode five, I think worked really, really well where you get the kind of differing perspectives, little bits added on to each, uh, each moment, each time we flash back to it. I thought that was really cool. So, uh, yeah, definitely loved this episode. Great stuff. What we normally do, uh, is pick out a big moment from the episode to talk about. Yes. Um, I think I'll hand it over to you first, uh, because I think you've got basically the big moment from the episode. Which <laughs> well, is,
1: yes, it is. I've, <laughs> it's a little, well, let's just say I have, a point A big moment and a point B big moment. Okay. The point A is we get Geralt in a bathtub. <laughs> of I've course. not seen Geralt in a bathtub since season one. Oh. And this time he is joined I think, I don't think there was anything in season two. Did we look at um, a season two? I'm not okay. too sure. I might be wrong, but yep. it was good to see Geralt in a bathtub. Yeah. Joined by Yennefer. Absolutely. And it does lead me on to my point B, which okay. is not <laughs> Not as sexy as these two living out their uh, Uh post-ball sort of uh, love affair, uh, of which is another big thing, because we do have Geralt saying, I love you, to Yes, we do. Uh, And this is the reason why all their uh, post-ball, post-banquet revelry as they discuss the machinations of the evening is from the bathtub to under the bed covers Mm – to the morning after all yeah. of all of this in a very intimate way, sort of the trust the love the respect all coming out between these two as they discuss this really important um thing which is trying to expose uh Stregobor as this dark mage but it's to the bigger point of I think the structure of this episode was really good it just absolutely. It peeled back the layers of the onion, you know, revealing Mm -hmm. and reliving the ball from the different perspectives or the different conversations uh, throughout that night. uh, But always returning at different intervals to Yennefer and Geralt. going about their shenanigans but also (laughs) discussing the different things that they heard and what they meant and I just loved how this unfolded as you know to begin with we we almost just really see Geralt being totally sort of clammed up Mm -hmm. not wanting to be there at all sort of trying desperately to be polite to Dijkstra You know, finding it very hard to be polite to Stregobor in how he's dealing with um, a staff member. But, you know, a little bit of information. And then we go back to the ball from a different perspective where we see, you know, more and more of the conversations uh, playing out, such as between Geralt and Philippa.
0: Yeah, I love that. Really love that. I love that it's all based around the musical touch, as the show does so well, based around the musical touch of the house band singing All Is Not As It Seems, (laughs) uh, as we learn more and more about what's going on between each of these individuals that have come to the party with their own plan. You know, we left it off at the end of episode four with everybody standing outside the door saying, are you ready? And then giving their responses to their, their relative partner as we went in. This episode also starts, or that part of the bowl also starts with... Uh, Yennefer and uh, and Geralt outside going are you ready? Exactly as we had as yeah. we mentioned in the last episode but this time we now see it all develop out what's been going on with each of those groups of people and you could easily have done each of the individual scenes separately from each other but this idea of it moving through the party through Geralt and Yen's uh, eyes and as they talk to each other separately yeah. adding pieces to the story that they know that happened Discussing Brilliant.
1: it, figuring it out yeah. to the point where they realise you know the end of all of this with Stregobor effectively being arrested mm-hmm. is not um, the the right outcome it here, seems. but it, <laughs> it's not as it seems exactly. And yeah. it, it, it's just really good because, you know, in the first instance, we just have a little touch of Geralt with Philippa. Mm-hmm. And then the next time we come back to it, you know, we see that Philippa and Geralt really are discussing sides and loyalties more. Yes. Um, and, you know, that, that first iteration of it, it, it's a conversation with Vildefort in the balcony where it just seems to be Vildefort pointing out Yennefer is, um, sort of meeting her first love, Istrid down mm-hmm. below. But then when it comes to the final iteration of it, the, there's much more, um, dark talk, uh, from Vildefort talking about the battle to come, mm-hmm. even though this conclave is not supposed to, um, result in that it's supposed yeah. to bring peace and, and, and he
0: was one of the main supporters of bringing this conclave together along with Taseya. they were both supporters of yeah. yen bringing the conclave together and the whole purpose of the conclave is to stop battle in the north and bring all of the mages back together under the brother under the banner of brotherhood so this moment from him of of him saying you know get ready for the battle to come yeah. and also echoing the Opposite conversation that we saw from Dijkstra, you know, about Geralt choosing a side. He needs to choose a side because a battle is coming, you know. Um, This is what starts to eat away at Geralt when everybody's trying to tell him, as they have for centuries at this stage, you need to choose a side. You can't stand um, going through humanity or going through the continent without picking a side, just taking jobs and fighting off monsters. You need to pick a side because you're a very powerful creature, I guess, in, in, in the continent. Um, but he starts to suspect there's something more in the meaning of that as well, the story that's it. unfolds. Well, I mean,
1: it's just really well done. I mean, it's light with the dance, uh, the melange. And, mm-hmm. you know, you, you see it the first iteration where, you know, there's flirting going on, politics is being discussed and so on, and then you have this fight between Geralt and Istredd. But then by the next iteration, you realise the fight is a ruse between yes. Geralt and and Istrid, in order to buy time for Yennefer to uh, break into Stregobor's study, mm-hmm. into his rooms, and that is all coming from again a further iteration, where you realise that that conversation that Istrid uh, and Yennefer having that Wilderfort points out as uh, being well, you never forget your first true love, mm-hmm. isn't anything to do about their past relationships. Yeah. It's Istrid. Informing Yennefer and bringing her to Triss uh, to tell them that Stregobor, um also has the Book of Monolith, and as I say, leads on with this fight. So it's just—it's you know—this whole episode just drips with intrigue that unfolds over each iteration of this walk through of the the ball mm-hmm. and the feast prior to this conclave, Absolutely. revealing. um the the machinations and as things come together in Stregobor's study as he's being accused of being the dark mage behind Riann mm-hmm. and so I, I just like add, this added was, to that
0: his list of all of the uh, the half elven half humans yes that, exactly who uh, have gone missing, have gone and gone missing and exactly, which
1: we yeah. saw the uh, that Geralt came across with the experiments being done on them mm-hmm. in, in order to try and corrupt. Uh, Siri, so she can be influenced.
0: Yeah. Um, so like, in fairness, Dragomore doesn't defend himself very well here. It's like, he kind of says when he gets accused of hating, uh, of hating half bloods as, as he's, uh, written up on his list, he's, he kind of goes, yeah, but he knows I do anyway, so. But but that's nothing new. <laughs> Why are you accusing me of anything bad? Not like but I didn't do it. Um it's it's kind of it doesn't really justify himself well enough that people would stop accusing him. They don't really give him an opportunity various, Yeah, they but, don't and
1: to me um, it's kind of Shregebour's response is more kind of it's just the huffing and puffing, it's like this is preposterous. Yeah. What what are you talking about? You like you know, you have known that. You've all I known him racist. like what's wrong with it? Yeah, yeah that I dislike elves mm. and they're kind and effectively kind of half bloods. Yeah, and um, that's no secret so yeah. um you know the, the it's just names it's just a list of names on paper mm-hmm. what have you got that puts me at that place yeah doing the actual kidnapping you know so i i find that really yeah i mean it, it's more he feels secure enough in his high position mm-hmm. in the brotherhood at artusa that he just feels like um, This is all bluster and it's preposterous yeah. and things will work out. But actually, you know, I think towards the end, he does realize maybe it's more than just simply his known beliefs around half bloods. Exactly. Um, so, you know, really good. I think the other thing here is we also see Lydia, the major with no voice and with the illusion covering her destroyed jaw mm-hmm. here as well, which also then adds to uh, more of. The, the discussion and reveal that they may both the end and Geralt have got it wrong uh, about Stregobor because she is wearing, um she's wearing a piece of jewelry that has the same stones as to say, is exactly as a friendship bracelet that mm-hmm. Builderforts had provided. Yeah. So I, yeah, as I say, this to me was just fantastic how it played out. I really it kept me absolutely glued. Mm-hmm. It, as I say, just really uh, dripped with intrigue and how it unfolded over the course of the episode. So, absolutely. you know, absolutely
0: great stuff from my side. Yeah, yeah, really, really enjoyable scenes. I know you mentioned the bath. Great to see. Uh, great to see the bath scene as well. Really enjoy that. I love that Yan calls out uh, almost to the audience. It's been a long time since we've had okay. you in the bath, so they, they know what their audience want, but. I will say the ball itself, everybody looked fantastic. The costumes for every character were so beautiful. Everybody stood out so well. There was a real moment of utter luxury in these scenes. It just really felt like exactly what it's trying to get across, this luxurious experience of all the mages coming together to to celebrate and start a potential conclave, but um, what's going on behind the scenes? As you say, was great. I love the uh, the distracting fight between um, Istrid and uh, and Geralt. Um, even though the first time you see it, you go, "Well, that's not possible. There's no way these two would be fighting over Yennefer. That that seems really odd." Uh, yeah, okay, it could. Istrid could be first boyfriend. Uh, gerald current boyfriend there has to be something else behind here and then i love how it plays out with the uh potentially drunken other mage in the background actually being an additional distraction for uh yeah for the, for the plan that they've enacted i thought that was really good as well uh yeah great fun here really a really well written episode and a really uh intriguing episode kept me on the edge of my seat the whole time but my point it does, of course, lead from that because really the whole episode is that discussion. But my point leads from that, which is the final revelation as they piece everything together themselves and realize even after effectively imprisoning Stregobor for and accusing him of what he's done and finding everything that they've found yeah. to to indicate that it's him. They realize actually, ooh, hang on a second, it's Vilgefort. He's the one behind it all. The first indication for this for me um was in the accusation for Stregobor, the two people that stand up and say he needs to be removed as head of the organization, the two people that say that are Tosaya and force, And I was kind of going, oh, maybe there's something here. Maybe they've just planted all the evidence to get rid of him there. So I was suspecting a more than force in some sense. Yeah, it's kind of going, oh, the twist here that effectively Yen's closest ally could be the leader here. But we knew the person that was in the lead was male and there was a female with a weird voice so bringing back lydia here and uh, showing that potentially she's the other person that's involved we'd heard that before uh, in in the early half of the season but bringing back that connection between the jewelry that lydia is wearing and the jewelry that um has given to uh to say both being from the same location and can only be found in one location then hang on a second maybe we've accused the wrong person here yeah so i love that even though you went through the whole story gathering all the information together and got to the point of bringing in Stragabor, who is a real like he's a real uh panto uh villain at times you you want to just shout watch out behind you when he comes on screen a lot of the time so when he's captured you kind of go ah oh, they're definitely right finally they've got to the bottom of it whereas then it twists again. We have another final twist here where it turns out to be Vildeforce being the real puppet master behind this.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I really, really enjoyed this. And I think in particular, it was the final iteration with Geralt and Vildefort up on the, um, sort of the balcony around mm-hmm. where the dancing and the feasting was taking place. Yeah. Again, uh, a bit like with Diekstra, you know, we're at a, a pre-conclave, um, feasts and celebration for hopefully finding peace. Yet, Wildefort, like with Dijkstra, talks about, as you say, Geralt joining a side. And mm-hmm. um, I love how Wildefort, you know, is using, well, we're the same. Ooh, um, yeah. you know, we, I was also an orphan. And uh-huh. um, all this kind of stuff. And, you know, Geralt's just kind of like mm, doing his usual thing, <laughs> just really taking everything with a, Huge mountain of salt, uh, like he did with Dijkstra. And, um, but the other thing then that comes back for them to realize it's villafort is he talks of that painting, which is of the first landing, and mm-hmm. um, that effectively established the brotherhood soon after. Yeah. And that was where Yen was taken by the dark portal mm-hmm. and attacked by the illusion of Geralt. Yeah. So. And I'm right that that's where the stones for the jewelry came um, from as well. Yes, so. exactly. Yeah. So it, it's, it's, I just loved that because I, I felt we got a real meaty amount of time with Vildefort here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that was really important. And I think it being with Geralt as well, because you could see he's trying to sort of, um, you know, smooth talk Geralt here. And, you know, it, it ultimately doesn't work in that way. Yes. But, it was a really good scene to see him sort of trying to be this puppet master uh, and yeah. still trying to enact and get things moving in a way that he wants. Um So th- this was really, really good. And yes, the the fact that then they realize it's Vildefault, but at, by this stage, it's the following morning. And mm-hmm. as they go to try and find him, then Dijkstra has already enacted his plan as he thinks it's going to play out by hu- striking a coup um on the Brotherhood mm-hmm. and Artuza. Yes. And ultimately, that's where we leave it. So it's a really good sort of ending to finish for those first five episodes as yeah. well yeah. with a little anxious wait now for the, the 28th of July. Yeah.
0: And at least we didn't have to have that weight. No, exactly. uh, Yeah, so we can go straight into it uh, on our next episode. Any notes about this episode that you want to talk about, John? Anything else that you want to um, call out about the episode?
1: Yeah, the only note I've got is just that the wine was laced with an aphrodisiac. So um, whether that accounts for any of the shenanigans happening between Geralt and Yennefer. Certainly Yennefer was drinking it, Mm -hmm. but Geralt, I think, had one until he was warned by Philippa that there was an aphrodisiac in it and then he he immediately put it down so and I wouldn't try the food either (laughs) yeah because that's just an illusion (laughs) (laughs) exactly (laughs) so I think uh, I think Geralt's I love you was absolutely genuine absolutely um and of course and they kiss in front of everyone they yeah, finally exactly. step out together yeah. for the first time so you know. i think it was uh, you know a good good uh idea who whoever it was though to to put uh, the aphrodisiac
0: <laughs> into the into the wine absolutely absolutely any
1: notes from yourself derek
0: um i just love the kind of running theme the the phrase that said of in, in love with the poison that kills you it comes from Philippa about Tessiah that she's in love with the poison that kill, that kills you. Um, and this is another thing that forms into that, um, reasoning as to the fact that it's a village Force that could be controlling Tessiah. Um, I just, I just love yeah. that phrase that that was, that that was really nice.
1: I also liked the fact that, you know, Philippa and Tessiah's relationship and friendship and how that mm. soured also kind of w- was gradually brought out in this episode and also with episode six as well mm. around her um,
0: not joining the Brotherhood at the big Battle of Sodden. Exactly, yes. Yeah. yeah, that was that a really cool uh, little point. Speaking of Philippa, um, an interesting one here. She apologizes to Geralt for the death of... Um, Fenn and Kodriger. Yeah. And the reaction from Geralt, she realizes, oh, hang on a second, you didn't even know they were dead. Yeah. Um, really like that moment between the two of them, that he's he's kind of going, on, oh, hang on a second, how did, did I get them killed almost is, is yeah. when you see it. Even though, you know, he's a bit... Um, Unemotive as uh is old Geralt, so you can't exactly tell what his his reaction is, but I'm sure uh that will get under his skin a bit yeah, I must before. say,
1: I really enjoyed diekstra and Philippa in this as well, and mm-hmm. to be honest, all the yeah. way through this season so far, mm. I've really enjoyed this power spy couple absolutely pair, to be honest absolutely. Um, and it played out just really in a way that you would expect from those two, which was, you know, the Machiavellian-type approach. And I mm-hmm. just really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, that was really cool. Uh, last one for me, then, uh, just to mention, uh, also really liked uh, Stregobor's butterfly um, yes. security. yeah. It was <laughs> very impressive. How Yen didn't know that the butterfly that was sitting on the door she was about to open that only started to flap its wings and flew away when she came in, isn't magic telling her that Stregobor is on his way? I don't know. Uh, that would be my instant thought if I was in the world of magic, um, yes. that that butterfly is definitely uh, security being called. Yeah,
1: definitely. <laughs> definitely.
0: But good stuff. Uh, good stuff overall. Uh, really enjoyed the episode. It's one of my favorites so far this season. and And I think... The structure of it makes it probably one of my favorite episodes of TV that I've watched this Definitely. year. Just, it's just a really unusual way to tell the story and a really interesting way to tell it the story. And it works so yeah. well. Yeah. yeah. No,
1: me too. Really enjoyed this episode. Give, I, I would give it five frolicking festivities out of five. Very uh, good. I really, really did enjoy it. Um, yeah. it just kept me glued, mm-hmm. uh, and each time I watched it, it was just like really good. So, yeah. um, yeah. Thought this was a fantastic one, and I think it's primarily around how it was structured in terms of the teleplay and yeah. how it just kept that intrigue. You know, people talk about intrigue from episode to episode, and mm-hmm. you know, they leave it on a cliffhanger. And it this was just this slow peeling back of it, absolutely. At like different three points throughout this episode, yeah. and it, it really made the episode uh, refreshing and and but done in a and way. They also be- left a lot of cliffhanger. Too. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> it's it's just really good, you yeah. know. Because like, why is that fight happening between Istras mm-hmm. and Geralt? And then you find out a bit later in the episode as it comes back and just more of the like rich dialogue coming out and the reasons for why actions had happened in the first one so really excellent stuff yeah
0: yeah as i say you know this is kind of how the first whole season was structured that was the whole concept of how geralt um became committed to siri that was all structured in things of flashbacks all wrapping up at the end of the season by the reveal that the law of surprise meant that he is forever bound to Siri, um, and they've mentioned that in this episode. You even hear uh, Yen calling out that uh, that uh, previous ball <laughs> where it ended off with uh, the hedgehog groom. Uh, so, yes, so good stuff. Yeah, really well constructed. Really, really good. Uh, let's pop on over to some feedback for this episode.
1: Absolutely. First, on episode 5, we have an email in from Coffee and Vodka, who says, "'Greeting fellow dance floor defenders. Instead of the red wedding I was expecting, we got Rashomon Mission Impossible. A surprise, if nothing else. I was neither surprised nor disappointed, however, in the reveal of the big baddie. What with so many candidates? Who was your prime candidate?' With only a couple of weeks until the second half of the season, I'm curious as to the next overriding plot, as well how they plan to pull off the change in Geralt's appearance. Mm -hmm. Hope you've enjoyed the season thus far, and thanks for the podcast and community it's created. Three and a half, Artuza's crowd, yumping Yennefers, (laughs) and railroaded racists out of five. Mm -hmm. Peace and take care, coffee and vodka. Who was my prime candidate? I don't think there was much of a surprise for myself either. I think Vilgerforts definitely. But I do have to say, even though we knew Lydia was the woman with the strange voice, Mm -hmm. I still was unsure about to say it. Absolutely. involvement here whether yeah. she was a willing accomplice or whether she was being hoodwinked effectively yeah. by um by
0: Vilgefortz I was going to say my my sights weren't pointed directly at Vilgefortz but by association with Tissaia I thought the two of them were in it and I think there's also another line when they find the book monoliths and Tessiah kind of picks it up and goes oh oh my god this is the one that could restore the world to a, a time before elves well, I'll just take that for safekeeping so nobody else can get yes, their hands exactly. on it. was going, Oh, hang on a second. Was this her plan yeah. all along yeah. to get her copy <laughs> of the book? So, uh, so I think I was probably aiming towards Tessiah, but I'm not surprised it's Vilja It does make sense. We had called out uh, earlier on in the season about that moment back when we met him first, where he killed one of his own men. And we were yes. always wondering what was, uh, what was up with, um, with Vilja So I'm not surprised by it. I was kinda of going, Oh, maybe it is Dragobor though. Uh they pl- they plotted it very well that I would be would have been satisfied with Stragabor being the bad the, the big evil bad guy, yeah. but I like this one more, somebody working behind the scenes that isn't as um flamboyant, let's say, as Dragabor. Yeah. yeah. I think that's that. I think Definitely. that's the, the right the right choice. Well, thanks so much for your thoughts as well, at Coffee and Vodka, and not as long to wait um, to to see what happens uh, for the rest of the series, because now all we'll, uh, the other three episodes are available, and not long to hear our thoughts, since we'll be talking about episode six in a couple of minutes.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Also, over on Facebook, we got a message from Dr. Bob Phillips.
0: Yes, Dr. Bob says, ah, formal balls. Like Geralt, I had no chance of remembering the names, but did think that Yennefer looked very lovely. I think I had slightly more musicality than our grunting hunk, though. (laughs) Really enjoyed the swirling, spiral-telling of the story. It reminded me of Time Loop Tales. Glad the detectives got there in the end. And while Stragabor is a nasty, kidnapping, child torturing, racist scumbag, it's the unreformed village Force who's working with our lyric lady Lydia to disrupt the worlds. Ooh, just a couple of weeks until volume two, just in time for me holes. Excellent stuff, stuff uh, Dr. Dr. Bob.
1: I yeah. uh, hope you have made it on your holes yep. at this stage. And uh, yes, I I think with Strakerball, yes, absolutely, he's nasty. Yes, he is a child torturing racist scumbag. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he was the kidnapper, or dare I say it, the torturer. I think that was Vilgefort.
0: Yes, I think that uh, I think that's all Vilgefort. So yes. he's he's just an evil, evil man. Yes, and not particularly um, responsible for this crime.
1: No, well, that's Not true. He may be responsible for others. <laughs> Probably responsible. Um, for I think he would certainly give them a clip round the ear, but I don't. He wasn't involved in sort of melding them into a the thing like uh, sort creature. of monster. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, or the experiments on uh, the the kidnapped girls. Yeah,
0: I do wonder if his list of half elf, half half human um, attendees at the school. I wonder if that was being used by other people uh to target the girls so was Villager forts using that specific list to target the girls or i
1: think it's that more that, that everybody i that think like? it's more that village forts and i think we get this in the next episode mm-hmm. in episode 6 okay. that you know playing with people's uh preconceived notions mm-hmm. of other people True. uh like Stregabor or indeed, their own character, mm. like he, he says to Tessa, um, in episode six. Then, I think he played those like a piano.
0: Well, you know? that sounds like a good way to take our little break and pop on over to our discussion about episode six.
1: Yep. Thanks so much for the feedback, uh, Doctor Bob.
0: Mm-hmm. Thanks, Doctor Bob.
1: Why? This is our home.
0: No, Tessa. This is your home. I don't care who sacks
1: it. I have my own aims, and they no longer include you. How could you? Stregobor, with his pride, was easy to set up. And you, with your undying trust, were easy to fool.
0: Stuff We're back after a short break to talk about episode 6 of season 3 of The Witcher. Everyone has a plan till they're punched in the face. Love the title. Yes, one of my favourite titles. Uh comes from a, an interview with uh, Mike Tyson uh, where he was asked about uh, was he concerned about uh, fighting Evander Holyfield uh, by a reporter. And that's the line he came up with. Um, well, everybody has a plan until they're punched in the face. So uh, it's been used many times uh, since then. It's such a great uh, encapsulation of uh, the idea of walking into the unknown and, uh, and thinking you have a plan until someone punches you in the face and you have to react to that <laughs> yeah, plan. Absolutely, right? <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, the show, of course, is based on the book series by Andrzej Tchaikowski and the game series from CD Projekt Red with showrunner. Uh, Lauren Smith, his rich, of course. And this episode, once again, directed by Lonnie Peristri. And this episode was written by Javi grillo Markswatch. And that's a very interesting writer. Do you know why, John? Just, Go on. Just going back to all of our time on TV podcast industries, there's one writer that interacted with us more than any other writer. A writer from the wonderful uh, Agent Carter, Jose Molina. Yes. Javi is his podcast partner.
1: Excellent. On the stuff. excellent
0: industry-centric podcast Children of Tendu, if you ever want to know how to be a screenwriter. Go check that out. Um, Really, really interesting stories from uh, behind the scenes. Um, Javi was a writer on Lost back in 2004, a very, very well-celebrated writer on Lost and has lots of stories to share uh, about his time on Lost, including some that were uh, just recently revealed in a a very explosive book about behind the scenes in the industry. Those came from Javi. Ah, excellent. uh, So they're very interesting. Um, He's a really interesting podcaster as well. He's uh, got a lot of time for, for bringing up uh, people who start out in writer's room and how they get to the kind of level he's at at the moment. Uh, very recently, he wrote two episodes of the TV show From as well, which has been a really interesting, uh, horror-filled sci-fi show. Yeah, uh, it's been good. Yeah, it's been been really good. So, uh, so great to see Happy over here working on uh, on The Witcher as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. Can definitely tell it as well. You yeah. know, uh, really again, thoroughly enjoyed this episode. Yeah,
0: yeah. Brilliant stuff. John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for Episode 6 of The Witcher Season 3? Everyone has a plan till they're punched in the face.
1: Sure. With Geralt taken prisoner, bloodshed and betrayal rocks Aretuza, as the Redanian soldiers, led by Dijkstra and Philippa, along with several northern mages, strike a coup to arrest mages led by Vilgefortz who collaborated with Nilfgaard. Mm-hmm. Not believing the accusations levelled at her lover, Tesea frees the apprehended mages and Vildraforts, where he reveals his conniving, plotting and betrayal to Tesea as he lets an invading force of elven Scoatel led by Cahir and Queen Francesca to reclaim Aratusa. The hunt for Siri comes to a head as Vilgeforts, the elves and the Redanians all seek to find Siri for their own purposes. A bloody battle erupts between the League of Nilfgaardian and Scoatel forces and the Northern Mages, as many are killed on both sides, including Filavandrel and Artorius. Elsewhere, Geralt, Ciri and Yennefer are briefly reunited, trying to get Ciri to safety, but after surviving an attack by Rience, who is killed and decapitated by Geralt, Yennefer must go to help her Artusian brothers and sisters. Yennefer joins her weakened mentor Tessaia at the battle after she has cast a devastating spell of last resort, leaving Aretuza ruined, while the last few mages are saved by Stregobor, who sacrifices himself using fire magic to stop the remaining forces from finishing them off. Meanwhile, Geralt and Ciri are confronted by Cahir, who has an epiphany, realising he has been used and lied to for long enough. Asking for forgiveness from Ciri, he pledges to defend her as he fights off Scoatel hunting Ciri and Geralt. As they both make their way to the shore to escape by boat, something feels wrong, and Geralt commands Ciri to run. She runs back towards Arutuza and the Tower of Torlara, as Vilgefortz confronts Geralt. The Dark Mage shows expert combat prowess and defeats Geralt, allowing him to pursue Ciri. Half dead and bleeding out, a lucky Geralt is found by Triss, who takes him to Broccolion. At Torlara, just before Vilgefortz can capture her, Ciri taps into the power of the monolith contained in the tower, unleashing a devastating explosion which destroys the tower. Nothing on the continent will ever
0: be the same again. Absolutely, well, Aratuza will never be the same it's again certainly, anyway. he? I mean,
1: it's completely wrecked. <laughs> absolutely destroyed uh,
0: everything about it as well. Yeah. Absolutely,
1: completely wrecked. Mm-hmm. I mean, quite frankly, Taseya, by the end of this episode, looks like she's had a massive hangover from the festivities the night well, before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she looks absolutely destroyed and mm-hmm. spent as well. And she goes um, full on white as well. Absolutely, uh, here, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, ages several decades there uh, mm-hmm. in a
0: moment. Uh, I guess. I guess whatever about fire magic taking something from you. I guess the uh, the spell of last resort that she casts, or the uh, the yes. incantation of last resort. I can't remember what it's yes. called. Alzar's um, thunder. Mm, yeah. I guess summons. That yes. takes uh, a lot out of you as well. I guess. Definitely. Oh, what an episode! Where are we going to start with our big moments from episode six, John?
1: Yeah. Well, Derek. Um. I think we should begin
0: with you. What's your big moment? I'm, I'm going to steal the big uh, battle of Aratruza and all of the copious immense of deaths of major characters <laughs> that we have um, in this episode. It's, it's a fantastically staged battle. Uh, I was watching it the second time, um, and it's really interesting. Some characters are fighting with swords. Some characters are fighting with magic. And it's really interesting how much power the actors are getting across with the magic that they're using. And it does look like they're, like they're brandishing weapons versus uh, versus swords on the other side, even when uh, they're effectively just pushing their hands towards <laughs> towards somebody. Uh, but they've done a really good job of making this look um so dynamic and so uh, powerful as a battle between all of these different groups uh, that are in here. You know the uh, the initial mages that are trying to defend Artusa versus uh, the Scoetel who were brought in by uh, by Vilgefortz and the other group, which is the people that thought they were going to be easily able to sack this conclave of mages with uh, led by um, Dijkstra and Philippa you know the they had the upper hand to begin with you know we saw the end of last episode where uh, Dijkstra had captured Geralt and Geralt uh, now we see him putting down his sword and going willingly with Dijkstra as everybody else in the castle who isn't already on their side is being captured and forced into this uh, into this secure room uh, taken away and uh, as they lay out their plan uh, for taking over Artusa and taking and, and getting rid of the brotherhood of mages. So uh, that, that seemed like they had the upper hand to begin with. And all it took was to say it to come in and uh, free them all. And then that in itself, that step unleashes um hell on, on Artusa. You know, this whole battle is kicked off in that moment. And not only does to say lose Artusa here, she also loses her lover in the worst way villager Force himself is saying, I just used your love and trust of other people against you. Yes. Like he, I use everything against everybody else. I know how people work and I use it against them. Um,
1: well, that's it. He says to, to say it, uh, your undying trust was easy to fool. I mean, it's mm. a real punch in the gut. Mm-hmm. Um, and like just. You know, those moments, that reveal is just really, really good. You know, his objectives are just different because, I mean, it's not even that he hangs around to extract revenge on Dijkstra and and Philippa. Um, I I love the fact that after Tuseya sort of unbinds all the the mages that have been accused of aligning with Nilfgaard because mm-hmm. Dijkstra and Philippa have got the evidence of portals opening up between uh Aratusa yeah. and Nilfgaard. Um it it's just there's two elements of this. I think it's just that, you know, the point that Vildefort's plan is something different. Yep. Not even necessarily bigger, although it arguably is as well. Mm-hmm. But it's just, you know, he takes down some soldiers just simply to get out of the room so he can do his plan. He's not worried about this minutiae. Mm -hmm. Um, And similarly, you know, I love just the response of Dijkstra as it all effectively goes belly up. He's Mm -hmm. kind of like, right, I'm out of here and walks off like following (laughs) Geralt. And Geralt's the same, really. It's just like, I'm not dealing with this uh, sort of minutiae Mm -hmm. of fighting Risenian soldiers or whatever. I've got to go my bigger plan is to protect Siri. I need to get Siri. Dijkstra's is, okay, this isn't really working out. I'm at least going to get myself to safety, even Mm -hmm. though we know, you know, despite his kind of bureaucratic look, he's probably quite nifty with a blade.
0: Yeah, yeah, true. I just, I I think he picks his battles uh, as much as he can. and He uh, he could sense... um, with the tide turning against him pretty quickly. So yeah. I'm out of there. Yeah. Well, he picks um, the wrong
1: one with Geralt who effectively yeah. um, breaks his arm and mm-hmm. his leg. And I do love that moment where Philippa comes in to save him. Cause mm-hmm. he is about to be stabbed by one of the mages. Yeah. Um, and she comes in her owl form sort of scratches the face off the, the guy. Mm-hmm. And then as she's helping Dijkstra up and, down the stairs she goes we've got a long way to go it's a good job you like pain (laughs) because we've seen her sort of (laughs) whipping him before exactly exactly you know that was a nice little touch it was
0: (laughs) it was but in the battle itself as as i said we we lose a couple of uh, a couple of quite major characters you mentioned some of them in the uh in the synopsis there um we lose francesca's husband um who's been (laughs) really protective of her in probably the most brutal looking uh scene we've seen we've seen this season as he steps in the way before she loses her head and explodes all over her. Um, from that point onwards, Francesca does not hold back.
1: She doesn't, but it takes Frangilla, who has also accompanied them, yep. to snap her out of it effectively yep. because she is absolutely shell shocked yep. here. It it's almost like the Battle of the Somme, and mm-hmm. with all the bloodshed, in particular with Philip mm-hmm. uh, being her husband, yeah, uh, the king effectively that in that moment it could have been lost Mm -hmm. she may have just simply not had the that motivation to carry on but it's to fringilla stepping in and and telling her you know you need to snap out of it exactly and lead and as well as protecting her uh, against her own uncle Mm -hmm. as well so i think you know you're right i think that is you know, it, it's in that moment of the battle where things could have been lost, dare I say, it, sooner for the Scoatel yes. and the elves. Yeah. Um, but they fight on and on, manage to regroup, and she manages to trap them in the courtyard.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. You're totally right to, to mention uh, Frangilla's... Um impact i suppose on on this on this side so again we have another situation here in the content we have the brotherhood of mages as one group of mages then Philippa on another side as another mage um aligned with with a side and fringilla now aligned with the scoetal um so mages versus mages not all members of the brotherhood and all those powers coming out uh, and fighting off against each other it's it also to mention, we do lose, uh, Arturius, uh, in this episode. Frangilla's uncle is, is killed, uh, here as well. Yeah. By Frangilla. By Frangilla. Exactly. Saying farewell, uncle. Um, yeah. I mean, he was, yeah. You have to say, uh, or some of the majors screaming
1: that take out Francesca now while she's still mm-hmm. in shell shock effectively. Exactly. And you see this knife, but it heads and and stabs Artorius in the heart. Yes. And that's from Fringilla. That's from Fringilla. Actually, Fringilla, yeah. Fringilla has a number of key moments in mm-hmm. this episode, both with Francesca, and killing Artorius mm-hmm. but also what she says to Cahia, as well as Cahia's being told to go out and find Ciri. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, she says, it's amazing what you can do when you think for yourself. For yourself, exactly. Um, which leads to Cahia's kind of, as I described in the summary, this mm-hmm. kind of epiphany that he has been taken advantage of and lied to for far too long, and actually his destiny hasn't been within his own control. In this moment, you know, he realizes whilst he can't be forgiven for what he did to her family and chasing her around the continent, Mm -hmm. he asks for her forgiveness, whether that is forgiveness or forgiveness at the point of her blaze and death. Uh, And when she doesn't do that um. He pledges to find her again and to protect her effectively.
0: And arguably, Siri was pretty close. Like, she said to him, you've taken everything from me. This whole entire path that she's been on really has been uh, because of Kahir and what he did and what he was – because he was sent to look for her. So, um, so yeah, he does – head off to, to stop this Goetal that are coming down. So uh, I suspect we're going to see him back um, in the future uh, and now possibly as a protector of Syria, another, another protector for Syria. So yeah, um, that that's quite interesting. And um, we also lose the, uh, the oldest mage in uh, Artusa. Uh, he may not have died, but he was having he, a heart he attack. Lo- yeah. He looked um, like he was on the way out, he, but he yeah. could have survived. He could have. Sure. And a kind of adjacent to the battle, we lose another one of the biggest characters for the show so far. We lose Rience, yeah. um, which was a real shocker, um, but a fantastically put together scene as Yen and Siri are getting away. Uh, Yen's carrying um, Geralt's sword, which he left behind. And uh, when Rience tells her to put it down, she throws it over his head to Geralt and awaiting Geralt, who takes the head from his shoulders. Yeah. Um, certainly wasn't expecting him to go out like that
1: no i wasn't and interestingly just before he dies he indicates that he's not working for village forts mm-hmm. anymore you know um she yen says you know your master has been unmasked yes. um and he's like i'm not effectively working for him anymore because we had that moment um where yen's is questioning why um His master, I think he's speaking to Lydia at the time, is working with Nilfgaard. So Rience is against Nilfgaard here. Yes. And feels there is a betrayal of, by Mm Vilgerforts, of, um, his dealings with it, with Nilfgaard, even though she said working with them is not the same as aligning with them. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, So that was kind of at least, okay, it's his last words. Um, but, Interestingly, he was taking it on himself to do now we'll never know I guess what
0: that plan may be well the awesome. show the show does mess around with time to explain yeah. things that we may not have seen before, so i I feel like we may see Riant back um but interestingly, again, another character that you would have thought is the big bad of the show. Uh, being taken out like this here because the real big bad has been revealed in, in yeah. So, um, so I thought that was an interesting choice and a real surprise, uh, in that moment because we didn't get a massive showdown between no. Geralt versus Rience versus Siri versus Yen. It felt like a little standoff and then heads gone.
1: <laughs> yeah. well, uh, yeah, it was a shock, um, yeah. because, uh, Geralt was hidden, uh, from view of the audience, let alone Rience. Exactly. So, uh, really, I kind of quite liked it. It felt like, you know, he's kind of felt like this big bad, but actually, again, he's just another pawn to Vildgerforce. Exactly. Uh, in, in the the wider scheme of things. So yep. I really enjoyed that. Yep. Uh, we also have, I think, the death of Stregobor, who uses fire yeah. magic yeah. Um, to basically... I mean, he is aiming it at Frangilla and Francesca, mm-hmm. but we see them later, so they have survived it. So maybe Frangilla was able to put up um, a shield, like we see, so, um, yeah. her doing when to say a uh, does the um, Alzo's thunder and that spell of last resort. Yeah, um, so. You know, Frangilla is is really being the bodyguard here for Francesca. Mm-hmm. Um, but Stregobor, you just see him being consumed by flame with um the Scoatel in the courtyard. Yes. Now you think, like with Jennifer, he probably would survive that. Maybe. Maybe. But it, it's interesting. Even though he's never liked Jennifer, it's to Jennifer that he says, "I will buy you some time." Yeah. That's um, true. And take, you know, and burn these elves to hell you know mm-hmm. so i mean he's unleashing his rage and fire yeah. magic on elves that he has never liked yeah
0: um, that's true that's true that, that, that does sound like final words though it does sound like he's redeeming himself after the accusations in uh in the last episode um and the accusations that were as we said not technically to do with the actual crime that they're investigating but there are all the accusations were pretty much true so yeah. um, so i so i think it feels like he is trying to redeem himself but as you say it is against elves so it, he's up maybe taking an opportunity here if he's going to sacrifice himself um why not take out hundreds of elves with him yeah as well
1: yeah. so yeah we don't quite know whether he's survived or not i, I mean, mean the other interesting thing in this battle is that you know Dijkstra rounding up the mages, it is primarily mages that have sympathies towards Nilfgaard. So there are other mages there with grey armbands on, Mm -hmm. uh, seen as allies. But because of this treason by the mages in the Brotherhood, Mm -hmm. it's, as Philippa says, it's in a sense not a coup. The Brotherhood, to some degree, will remain, but it's a purge. It could just be that it's northern mages that are aligned with them because they are, Redania is northern uh, and they're fighting Nilfgaard. So
0: yeah, because we we did see one of the mages that was aligned was, um, the, the one that owned the shop that Yen and Siri went into. And so we know that she was in the north. And
1: you see them later where even though they've got. The some have got the grey armbands on, they rip them off and say, You know, we're here to fight, we can deal with, with this tomorrow, with yeah. this tomorrow, yeah. But we're protecting our home, Aratusa, yes. and the Brotherhood, yeah. And that's kind of to thing, you know, this mm-hmm. is her home, and so Absolutely. she's her use of this spell of last resort is to try and protect it, but there is so much damage, yeah, um, from Francesca going. Psycho, yeah. uh, as well after the death of uh, Philip So, Altius is not looking particularly healthy it's at not. the moment. It's
0: not, <laughs> but was awesome to watch. It was uh, really good to really, watch. Really, really enjoyed it. I
1: really enjoyed it. It felt like a significant shift in the world of the continent. Definitely,
0: definitely. But so much death and destruction happening, uh, in, in this scene, in this, in this moment. It felt, that's why it felt so epic. It felt like, yeah. um, they could pretty much take out any of the, the secondary characters. Let's say outside of our main three, they could take out any of the secondary characters.
1: Well, I mean, and they did. I mean, and even the, lots, uh, yeah. archers, the elven archers mm-hmm. had their, their, tips of their arrows and i think it's detrium uh Mm. which can penetrate through the force field
0: but straight through to say a force field or um
1: so it was like they had so it was that they had to deflect the arrows and get the arches rather than just simply being able to put up a force field of magic so you know i like that little sort of aspect to it as Mm -hmm. well um, you know, I think uh, it, it was really, really good. Yeah. Um, again, as I say, I think to say it here, just that look of being lost and betrayed and dejected yeah. um, was was just really well played. You know, again, a, a shell shock about it. Exactly, um, yeah. And mm-hmm. Yennefer sort of realizing she needs to go and help her fellow mages and yeah. sorcerers in particular to see, her. yeah and um, when Something that's what, so important to yeah theory. yeah
0: yeah absolutely uh, well that was my big moment uh, from the episode john you've got the other massive moment from the episode as well i think
1: oh absolutely it is the battle between villager forts and Geralt. Mm-hmm. um you know i just have to say off off the top um you know you have this huge sort of battle taking place in Aretuza, but I loved all the stuff around it, such as with Kahia uh, and Ciri, mm-hmm. with Yennefer, Geralt, uh, Rience uh, and Ciri, yeah. and then Geralt, you know, realizing they need to get away from here, you know, yeah. that's his plan, uh, and going down to the beach to to get to the boats uh, that the Skirtel had arrived on. Mm. Uh, but that moment where he effectively you know, his sense that something's not right and tells her to run. And just the, the start of this even, uh, where he's creeping around this kind of cave in the rocks where the boats are, this kind of little sort of um, harbour uh, within an alcove of the rocks. Yeah. And then he comes out and you have Vilja there. And I just thought this entire battle was really, really great. I mean, I loved... Vilgefort staff I loved how that was was portrayed where it kind of sort of dissipated and then reappeared to stop Geralt and and his use of it you know Mm. just showing that prowess that he has you know he says himself you know the worst was having to hold things back
0: and not Absolutely. reveal my true self. Having to pretend that I wasn't good at this. You know, yeah.
1: But yeah. all the time as well, you get the sense that he's still trying to get Geralt on board with him, mm. at least to begin with. And to then with, yeah. when he realizes Geralt is not for turning, mm-hmm. um, then you know he just presses his advantage with this fantastic staff. Such a great concept absolutely loved how it was portrayed and um, I, I mean you know Geralt is badly injured him mean, you really feel that staff sort of being whacked by Vilgefortz against his, his leg and breaking mm-hmm. it and he doesn't kill him um which may prove to be his undoing it in may, the future yeah. and a huge mistake but you know it it's this sense of um you know we we've had all through the season that this this you know shadowy dark mage controlling Reince, that mm-hmm. he knows so many different aspects of magic illusion yeah. all this kind of stuff as well as um you know this corrupting portals that it's more than just one element of magic that he has been able mm-hmm. to master and so that sense of invincibility that you get from village mm-hmm. um is really, really good in this conversation between the two of them. And I, I just really
0: enjoyed loved it. Loved it. Absolutely loved it, yeah. Yeah, and it, it's also a big thing for our major character, the Witcher. Yeah. The show's named after <laughs> Geralt the Witcher. Um, so it's such a big thing to see him getting beaten by somebody. Um, we've seen him getting hurt and bruised and damaged yeah. and, you know, battered many times and But show, comprehensively. But usually comes back beaten. pretty quickly, yeah.
1: And I like the fact that, you know, before... Um, before Vilgefort realises that he's not able to pull Geralt over to be his partner mm-hmm. on, on to his side it almost feels like that an extrapolation a continuation of that conversation that they have around the balcony from yes. episode 5 and that's yep. what I thought was a really nice tie in there um, and I just thought this was great I really want to see it, it's a real shame for me, actually, the Henry Cavill won't be the Witcher at the end of this series because mm. I just actually really liked the, these two together. Oh, um, yeah, Like absolutely. The chalk-and-cheese element mm. of, you know, the Witcher is a man of few words uh, and Vilgefort is this, you know, feels like this learned um, mage. Mm-hmm. And I, I just loved how they interacted here. It was really good because... Yeah. You, you felt Geralt could have the upper hand with this guy. And then in the end, all his moves are blocked by that awesome staff. Yeah. And then he just gets beaten down. Yep. You know, he gets sort of almost stabbed by it in the shoulder. Yes. His legs done. Yep. You know, he uses magic against him. And so this was really a fantastic one-on-one battle to Definitely. me, um, which I really
0: enjoyed. Yeah. But and- remember, we do have two more episodes to go. Yeah, absolutely. You never know. We've had an entire battle between two armies here in yes. Aratuza in this one episode. So you never know. We could see uh um, we could see that battle between the two of them to close out the season. Absolutely. But
1: with with um him beating Geralt, um he does go after uh Siri here. Yes. And you know, I I love mm. it as he comes into the Tower of Tor Lara mm-hmm. and he says, you know, please let me help you. He's kind of pleading and he he comes in i love how serious they're standing at the monolith as these this text is going across it and it's beginning to vibrate yeah. and glow and she, you know she's just kind of internalizing i guess this kind of knowledge communication of what uh, these monoliths mean how it, mm. it relates to the power that she and that everyone has saying potentially exists within her and Uh she she just says you know i i understand you know it's like she's speaking to the monolith and you see Vildefort come up the stairs and he's he's vibrating as well you just get the the different lapses it's just some really good um sort of tv here i felt really good
0: filmmaking really really uh interesting seeing as you say different versions of villager Forge coming in through the door it's like three of them meeting up together yeah. and the last one's talking as the first one's exactly ending a it's sentence. just it's, really, it's really good well, design yeah, and production really and cool but but again it's series communing with the um with the monolith yeah i was thinking of chalky um from the 80s tv yeah, show exactly uh, it's like, it's it like that as the kids are able to communicate with the uh, with the space being uh, just reminded me of that but He's trying to help her out because he studied it. He he has a plan for what he wants to do with the monoliths and she's able to walk in there and communicate with it. We don't know what's gonna happen off the back of it, but he's worried that if he doesn't get his hands into Siri, she will do something that she doesn't know how. Exactly. no, he uh, hasn't trained for. It. Exactly. I
1: mean he says you're not ready for this kind of power yes. but it's all too late as this monolith is Activated, I guess, yeah. to some extent. It's um, such an
0: interesting refrain around Siri from season one. You know the fact that she uh, is now a witcher, but she's a very powerful witcher already. She's very, very good in battle. We've seen that this season. Yeah. She's a, a great mage. She has innate power in her, but can't control the powers that that um, Yen is trying to teach her how exactly, to use. Yeah. And now we are again third element here. She's here using the monolith, and potentially she could destroy the world or she could bring about the wild hunt from another plane by her interacting with the monolith and not having the experience well, or not having the training to use it well, That's
1: it. it. and interestingly you know to your point around big deaths i mean i know that siri hasn't just died in that huge mm. explosion but i mean has yeah. Vilgefortz or mm. has she is and Vilgefortz somehow been pulled into the monolith mm. like we Sort of began to understand through the Witcher Blood Origins mm-hmm. uh, spin-off, yeah, um,
0: and with their interaction
1: with uh, a monolith in the past, where yeah, they exactly. So the wild top. So you know, this is really good because that's been brought now to the continent mm-hmm. um, as it is in the Witcher in in the Witcher series. So. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait to have a look at episodes seven and eight now for yes.
0: sure. You know, I'm um, really glad we've split down the season into into two episodes each time. So we don't have to wait a massive amount of time. We no, can watch we the don't. two of them back to back and, uh, <laughs> and know what happens at the end of the season.
1: And um, so, yeah, I, I thought Villager Forts was great here. Mm-hmm. I loved how he, you know, really sort of reigned on to say his parade yes. here. I mean, just even letting in the elves and then... Uh-huh. Just using her own character against her yeah. and how he used and abused that. And um, we also do see him, well, we see uh, Istrid getting the Book of Monoliths mm-hmm. um, from one of the rooms. And uh basically catches him doing it yeah. and says, I'll have that. And I need you,
0: and pushes him just through a dark portal yeah. to where we don't know. It's it's just I'll keep you for later. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, no pretense now anymore with uh, with him about his powers, uh, what he can actually do. Uh, yeah, I really like that. Um, and yeah, it'll be intriguing to see what happens with Istrid and the uh, the Book of Monoliths, um coming up. Uh, any notes about the episode? Anything we may have glossed over? Anything we may have missed in the episode, John? That you want to quickly talk about?
1: Um, the only one is. The whole love relationship between Radovid and uh, Yaskia mm-hmm. is not there. Um, and I really enjoyed uh, Yaskia saying, I thought I'd seen through your mask, but actually there was nothing behind it. Yeah. Um, this is what you are. I knew what you were. But, you know, I thought there was something more behind yeah. it. Um, and, but ultimately, you've tried to kidnap um siri here and you've betrayed my affections Mm so um
0: so yeah yeah, but that's the other side of the conversation there as well so there is yeah there is there is prince radovid saying okay i I see how this looks i was trying to take siri because i genuinely believe that the best place for her is ridenia yeah but all the affections and our night that we spent together none of that was me pretending so i could get closer to siri is what he said to him so I don't know. I think there's still potential there but with the There is potential. Yeah. Um, but
1: I think Radovid has got a lot of making up to he do. He certainly here. does. He certainly um, does.
0: Um, the other thing that
1: we should have, um, mentioned is, you know, Yen runs to go and rescue Siri, uh, but is attacked by Lydia in the sort of tunnels. Yes, there. She is. Uh, and l- I think Lydia has also, uh, dare I say it, gone to, the Sorcerer
0: Heaven or Hell, I guess. I had to rewind that scene twice because I just missed the snap of her neck um, that Yen does. It seems very, it's very final. Um, yeah, it looks well, it. It, look, it. looks like Yen has just gone, I'm not even dealing with this anymore. <laughs> He's very powerful. Uh, Lydia's very powerful and is able to take on Yen pretty well, but with, but with the help of uh, of Triss, um, they're able to stop her. And uh, yeah, it does seem like there's a final snap of the neck, so we we won't see Lydia back um in future either. So we've taken Rience and Lydia both off the board as we exposed um Vilgefort. So now really, the two big bads are series dad, um, the White Flame, um, in Nilfgaard and uh, and Vilgefort's now.
1: Yeah, although. Dijkstra is still around. Dijkstra's well. hobbling
0: his way back up north. Yeah. Um, so I suspect that he may be da- his down wounds. and licking his yeah, wounds for a down while. Down
1: and out for a while. Or
0: maybe. at least they have to get out past Toralara before they're able to cast a portal to get them back up north. Yeah. So it's not that long a walk. They're not walking the entire length of the Constance, thankfully, um, for him. But at least he likes pain. Um, I do want to mention just one other quick note from... Uh, from um, Dijkstra as well. I really liked that moment when he's looking out the window at the ships coming in, and he re- he references the uh, messenger that was killed with the uh, with yeah. the arrow through his throat, saying, "Wow, I didn't expect him to deliver this well. Um, I should double his pay because uh, he thinks that all the ships that are coming in are the reinforcements that he called for, uh, but they're not. They turn yeah. out to and be." And he, he later he says, says
1: yeah. "I chose badly actually, he, he thought he'd actually been betrayed by the messenger exactly and yeah. so yeah interesting yeah. i i also liked just how Geralt was so casual after being brought in by deke into mm-hmm. the room with all the mages <laughs> yeah. sort, of, sort of you know and they're they're accusing wildeforts of you know in, in effect wildeforts is in the crosshairs of redania for something completely different than what he's actually doing exactly but as Geralt says, he says, I don't believe the accusations are unfounded here, mm-hmm. you know, and then he said, talks about there's an unusual fog in the bay. It's like he again is just the not choosing the side. And exactly. I love how he says, Why is my neutrality such a bother to everyone? Yes. You know, it's it's really well kind of done by Henry Cavill here, oh, and I really enjoyed it.
0: Yep, absolutely. And it is it is one of those moments from Dexter where he's kind of going, look, I'm presenting all of the evidence in front of you. Now, choose the side and that mine's the side that you should be choosing. And he's effectively going, you don't have all the evidence. You don't have it all right. Yeah. You do have some accusations that are probably true, but that doesn't mean I'm going to change the habit of a lifetime and join you. You're <laughs> you, know, you not the right side for me. Basically. Exactly. Another excellent Henry Cavill moment. Uh, good stuff. Uh, I think that's it for this episode. Episode six. Yes. That's everything from me. Overall, any uh, final thoughts on the episode? What do you think, overall,
1: of episode six? Again, I absolutely loved this. Uh, I really thoroughly enjoyed it, and I loved that, actually, we watched them through five and six back-to-back. Again, Mm. I would give this five Aretuzas a-blazing out of five, um, or five hellish hangovers. Yeah, I just (laughs) really enjoyed the thrust of it. It just felt epic, momentous, it really pushed the story along. It was done in such a good way. The Battle of Arachusa felt meaningful. Yeah. People lost their lives. I mean, how many times do we do shows where we say, you know, there's no real consequences, um, or, yeah. consequences yeah. or you didn't feel anyone was really under threat? Here, mm-hmm. huge numbers potentially have died Um, that are meaningful characters yeah. like Stregobor, mm-hmm. um, philavandral Um you know, all these different people, Lydia and um, you know, then Vildefort's and Geralt's personal fight was just felt epic as well. And Mm -hmm. I hope they bring his staff along for another fight at some point because that that was that was a really good bit of like concept design mm-hmm. and execution of Absolutely. it. Absolutely. I thought it was
0: really <laughs> cool. If it's not gone in Torlara, of course. Yeah. As that also exploded. But they can't have gotten <laughs> rid
1: of Vildeforts. Can they you imagine? just can't. <laughs> Can um, you imagine?
0: I don't know the book, so they may have done yeah. No, I, I would doubt it. I would doubt it. I would seem, it would seem unusual, but we'll, uh, I guess we'll see when we get into episode yeah. 7 and 8.
1: And, I mean, ultimately, game-changing. You know, Siri has tapped in. Mm-hmm understanding her potential power and how that relates to the monoliths. Yes. exactly. You know, and that is a game changer on the continent. And, uh, you know, to the point of before around uh, The Witcher Blood Origins, it's really good having that spin-off. Yeah. Um, Just little snippets of information around the monoliths Mm because it feels like it gives this so much more weight. Yeah. So, yeah. Really good.
0: Five. Aratus is a blaze out of five. Excellent stuff in total agreement with you. This is another great episode. I, I probably preferred five because of the structure of it, but this is such a great battle episode to kick us off into the final half uh, of the season. Uh, great stuff. Uh, let's pop it over and hear some thoughts from our wonderful fellow Witchers. Uh, we got an email in from Coffee and Vodka on episode six, who says Greetings, fellow endgame defenders. <laughs> Never has an episode been more aptly titled. Looks like what comes after unmasking the mystery baddie is dealing with them. His goals and the the chaos he brings, Vildeforce is anything but the paper tiger I'd expected, besting all sides and aspects, including Geralt. Wow indeed. We knew it was coming to a battle royale, but that they took my expectations and, like the title said, punched me in the face with them. And in the end to have Siri turn the tables like that, brilliant. Can't wait to hear you all make sense of the long build-up carnage that was this episode. In the meantime, to get to the next one, to see what happens after it all goes to an unplanned shit. <laughs> Easily one of my favorite Witcher episodes to date, even after all the build-up. Loved the ironically quick ending of Rients five fiery racist sorceress retorts, unreserved last resorts, and Gerard attacks out of five. Peace and take care, coffee and vodka.
1: Excellent stuff.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, i totally
1: with you the uh, coffee and vodka uh, around the the quick ending of Rehens. It it felt, actually, it put someone that was up there as a big bad effectively in his place as just being simply a puppet of the wider machinations and and cogs that are going on in this world. Exactly, exactly. In a sense, he is inconsequential
0: yeah yeah
1: to some extent um certainly now that he's cut his ties
0: with his former boss <laughs> cut his throat uh yes oh, yes yes lost his <laughs> lost his head uh, at his former boss yes yes yeah excellent stuff glad you enjoyed this one coffee vodka i hope we uh, made some sense uh, of the episode as well for you There was so much going on in the battles themselves and, and how much we've lost but um I do I do agree with you, this is one of the best episodes of The Witcher so far, but you can't do episodes like this without the build-up, of course. And exactly as you said, that kind of long, slow build up to something like this where you have a battle of three sides, uh, in this iconic location from the show, uh, has so much more to it because of what we've seen before. Um, everybody thinking that they're the smart ones that will have a plan to uh to overthrow their enemies and then yeah, all stuck in a room firing um bolts and punches and knives and everything at each other uh and uh whoever whoever comes out um who's the victor i guess Um, (laughs) i have no idea no idea who the actual victor here is other than um village and he's in a collapsing tower uh right now so yeah
1: yeah i'm I'm potentially emir in nilfgaard because
0: he's true yes he's he's not there he's not there (laughs) um so but he's just lost um his his right hand man right hand man yeah Yeah. here has has turned his back on and turned away from. definitely Uh, but he doesn't know that yet good stuff thanks (laughs) coffee and vodka
1: yeah Uh, we also got a facebook message from dr bob phillips who says theory the number of words in the episode title directly correlates with the volume of recognisable character death. There you go. I think yeah. You might just be right there. You, you might could. be on to something. something. <laughs> um, it was always going to end badly with a suspended ring of fire, but the complete destruction of the castle was not what I was expecting, mm. nor was the redemption through fire of Stregobor. I think the hidden monolith and series' use of it confirm my thinking, but don't hit the fanfare yet. Thanks, Dr. Bob. Yes. Well, I think, uh, your theory obviously does need to be tested here to see, um, you know, what happens to Siri, uh, and dare I say it, Force as well, uh, by the end of this. And, um, with Stregobor, I guess it's a redemption. I didn't fully take it like that. I just felt his hatred for elves mm-hmm. is so much and they're attacking. He is in that moment willing to, I well, I guess, help. Half-elf, half-human of Yennefer, but maybe he does see, ultimately, what ties us together is more than what separates us, but he's still happy enough to be um, sending
0: the pure-blood elves to hell. Hell Yeah. Yeah. But... Still, I think it—it's a sacrifice, it's but a not sacrifice. entirely selfless. Yeah. I would—I would, I would say—is is and we <laughs>
1: say a sacrifice, <laughs> and I have said that in the summary yeah. uh, and the synopsis. But it is kind of like Yennefer survived using fire she magic, did. so yeah. Strebble could do. It could be possibly he's been killed by Fringilla or whatever, because we do see them. Mm making it out uh,
0: of the wreckage of Aratusa, I I think he's gone. I think he exploded in the use of fire magic there, but he could come back in the next episode. (laughs) I have to say, with the Ring of Fire
1: uh, floating floating above Aratusa and Francesca bringing it Mm. down... And um, I have to say, I just assumed it was an illusion. I didn't think, um, by That's doing that, it was going to be real. But yeah, you're, you're you're right. The uh, Doctor Bob having that suspended, mm, yeah, <laughs> potentially higher risk of an accident. I guess well, in the won't. same way as until we had electricity. All the candles, more fires in the house. Well,
0: that's true. That's true. But it, but it wasn't just like a, a chandelier ring of fire. There was a purpose for it. It was a protection spell over the top of them that was um, okay. surrounded in fire. I just wasn't thought it was it? ornamental because it was there for the ball. Yeah, I, and the I, thought it, I thought it was part of the protection spell that that had. Uh, I thought it put. was
1: just... So the sorcerer is going, look how great we are, because we can do this maybe, kind of okay. magic.
0: Okay. I, I think, I think it's because, um, they talked about Yen putting the protection spell over Siri in the, in the cottage. I think maybe I got confused that that fiery, uh, cool thing, uh, sitting over a fiery circle uh, It was, sitting yeah, over the, I, the I, I just felt was also protection.
1: Yeah, yeah. I just felt it was a decoration, light candles on a Christmas tree. Okay. Uh, in winter. That's which, also a terrible idea. <laughs> exactly. Which is, you know, as an aside, Thank God for electric light bulbs Uh going on trees, because how the hell did you stop the the Christmas tree from
0: going up in flames no idea I guess you certainly didn't leave them on overnight no definitely not and you didn't allow them to burn down uh, to their wicks and fall (laughs) over Christmas becomes like a fire risk yeah exactly when when was the Great Fire of London John was that around Christmas time (laughs) (laughs) was it I can't remember I think it was was no it was it was a bakery wasn't it it? with the Great Fire of London it was that's the only thing I remember about it Uh, good stuff thanks Dr. Bob Uh, in terms of the uh, the, um, words in the episode title I think we've got 10 in this I haven't counted them but I think there's 10 episode 10 uh, words in uh, the title of this episode and we definitely lost roughly that many major named characters as well so uh, so you could be right we will be back with the next episode episode 7 Out of the Fire Into the Frying Pan which also has quite a lot of words in it. so um, <laughs> who else are we losing in next absolutely. week's episode absolutely
1: whereas oh. episode 8 as well that we'll be covering is fewer words uh-huh. Cost of Chaos yes as well Um, Yes, so we will be covering those in our final part of The Witcher Season 3 episode on TV Podcast Industries. Absolutely. We're also covering, at the moment, Good Omens over on Prime. Mm -hmm. Uh, Our first episode is up now, and we will have the second episode out very shortly as well. And we will be back in a galaxy far, far away with Star Wars Ahsoka mm-hmm. um, as well. And with Stregobor himself, Lars
0: Mikkelsen, returning to play Grand Admiral Thrawn. Yes. So if Stragabor is gone from The Witcher, at least we'll see him over in, uh, exactly. in Ahsoka. Good now, stuff. Did you know the reason why I added that in there, John, is because it's the 1st of August already. I know. So uh, at the end of August, we get to watch Star Wars uh, Ahsoka
1: and Wheel of Time fellow And Wheel of Time is the well. 1st of
0: September, which
1: is still not that far off <laughs> to be honest,
0: way. but there's two episodes of Ahsoka coming out at the end of August. So we'll yes. have two under our belt at least for two days before, uh, the Time comes, cranks up <laughs> exactly, exactly. We've uh, got lots of stuff going on this half of the year, um, and as you mentioned, two, three shows uh, that we're that we're covering at the moment. We just finished our coverage of uh, of Secret Invasion as well, so uh, so lots of stuff uh, to listen to on TV podcast industries as well. Hope you're enjoying following along with us, and thanks so much for joining us uh, for our podcast about the Witcher so far.
1: Yes, uh, remember to hear us. Please head on over to tvpodcastindustries.com where you can subscribe to any good or evil podcast catcher of your choice you can support us by subscribing and leaving a review of the podcast as mm-hmm. well and indeed share the podcast because sharing the podcast is sharing, sharing the, the love, love. Lots lot of love lost in this episode absolutely but share it by sharing the witcher podcast fellow there you go fellow witches. And um, you can also support us as well through patreon.com forward slash TV podcast industries. And also we are on
0: buymeadcoffee.com forward slash TVPI. Absolutely. Thanks to everybody that supports us over there and everybody that shares the podcast as well. Cause we, uh, we do really, really appreciate it. Thanks so much. We'll be back next time with episodes seven and eight of The Witcher season three, the last two episodes featuring yep. Henry Cavill, John. Ooh, boo. What, what a, what a sad uh, moment it'll be. Let's
1: just hope Hemsworth
0: can fill those pants and the bath. <laughs> and the <stuff>. bath, exactly. <laughs> Thanks so much. Talk to you next time.
1: Yes, thank you so much, fellow witches, for joining us. It is great talking about Witcher Season 3 uh, with you. Remember, until next time, keep watching, keep witching, and keep listening. Bye. Bye. <laughs>